Ryan, can you play that video with no, with no music on it that I was going to use? Guys, I changed my sermon this morning at, at 6.30, and I just, I couldn't get over this idea, and we'll talk about it more in a minute, but I just couldn't get over this idea that Jesus is saying, I want my bride to love me. I just want my bride to love me. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. This is my niece's wedding. I want you to look at his eyes. That's the eyes of the bridegroom who cannot contain his excitement. And we're just going to play that video on loop for a minute. I want you to understand that Paul meant it when he said this is a picture. He said this is a picture of Christ's love for the church. You see how he can't hide his emotions? He couldn't fight his tears. This is a strong young man. He says, I just can't wait to take my bride and take her home and let her know I love her. And so Jesus would say to you, I'm coming for a pure bride. Coming for a pure bride. He would say, I'm coming for a pure Let's sing it back to him. So come, Jesus, come quickly, come take me, come quickly, come, Jesus, come quickly, come take me, come quickly, come, Jesus, come quickly, come take me, come, Jesus, come quickly, come take me, come, Jesus, come take me, come quickly, come, Jesus. Come take me, God, I thank you for your love. It's coming for pure bride. He's coming for a pure bride. So if you have any other idols in your life, give them up now. Give him up now, because he's jealous for you. He's jealous for your love and your attention. He says, I don't want to see you just once a week. I want to know you. Come talk with me. Come be with me. Come talk with me. Talk with me and be with me. Come talk with me and be with me. I want to know you. I feel like God is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you with eyes of fire. Some of you out there are seeing Jesus look at you with eyes of fire, and they are not, it's not fire of condemnation, it's a burning fire of love, because he wants you to love him more than anything, and I think some of you felt like you wanted to come up front and kneel, and you didn't. 
you still can. He is calling you specifically, individually, uniquely for who you are. He loves you for who you are. He loves you uniquely. His eyes of fire are burning with passion because he sees who you are. You cannot quench that love. Nothing you did can quench the fire in his eyes that burn with passion for you. Nothing that you did. The enemy wants to keep you in shame and he wants to keep you hiding. And freedom is when you come out of hiding and step into the gaze of Jesus. Freedom comes when you step out of isolation and out of shame and accept the love that he freely gives. It is not condemnation. It is love. God, we receive your love, Lord. So this last song is kind of a response to what God's doing. Danielle was in the living room. We had this piano in there, and she was just worshiping this last fall. And guys, this is a picture as we worship with this song. I know God's already doing it. There's a lot of emotion and tears this morning as God is moving us causing us to fall in love. It reminds me of the prophet's words. He says, I will write my law upon your heart. You know there's a place in God where it's not just that you know the right thing to do. You want to do the right thing because you love him so much. That's the gospel. He changes not just, it's not a list. He changes your heart to where you love him. I'm going to teach you a new one this morning.
This is primarily the goal of the church. It's to worship the Lamb, to gather, to sing His praise. See 
know this morning that uh, I don't know how to put this into words that the weight of your heart the weight of the battle the, ex the, the kind of excuse in our mind that says I need this fixed and then I'll worship is false that there's truth about repentance there's truth of all of that I'm talking to you as believers you worship the king you come with it all and you surrender to him and you sing his praise and you let him fight the battle that you've been carrying and you feel like I can't worship until I win this battle so just tell him tell him that he's holy tell him that he's worthy joining with the elders creation as we see tell him that he's holy come on tell him that he's worthy tell him that he's worthy he's fighting your battles as you sing tell him that he's holy tell him that he's worthy tell him that he's worthy and give him Day and night, and night and day, sing your praises and praise your holy name. I told Will this morning, I just, you know, we, we, we write in a sermon series and we actually collaborate that with pastor, the, the campus pastors and it's been amazing to see God's providence every time the number of people say, oh my gosh, that was right, just in time for me. And God, you know, it's amazing because by his spirit, he can direct you two months in advance or six months in advance, you know. Uh, but this morning, I just really, all weekend, really, I was, I was wrestling. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm supposed to preach something else, but I didn't know what. And then this morning, I was thinking about God saying, I want my people. And I started again thinking about the bride and him saying, I want my bride to myself. And this may seem disconnected, but I think the Holy Spirit's gonna connect it. Won't you just be seated or bow down if you're already wherever you wanna be. You could sit right where you are. You could go to your seat, it doesn't matter to me. <clears throat> I know Ezekiel 37, you know, it's prophetic. It has a couple layers, like a lot of things in the word. And, uh, there's connections to this, to the people of Israel. And Israel was uh, just in the 40s designated as a nation again. And, um, but there's this other layer of the spirit calling out to you and me. Just put your hand on your, on your heart for a minute and say, this is me, okay? Calling out to us that we're the valley of dry bones and that there, God is raising up an army and he's doing this across the world. And I, I don't know if you guys sense, do you guys sense what, God, what I'm sensing? God's doing something crazy powerful in here today. And it's just like, let's just listen, right? So I just wanna read scripture to you. The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. So the prophet has this vision, right? It's in the middle of a valley, it's full of bones. 
full of bones. Guys, how many times we, we just, our kids tell us something disheartening. We look at the news and it's just like valley of bones, a lot of just hurting people. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He said, son of man, can these bones live? There's a couple layers of prophecy here because when I read this this morning, son of man, it jumped out at me what God calls Jesus in the book of Daniel. What's he call him? Son of man. We know he's a son of God, but how many realize he came as a man so that he could die in our place, right? To redeem man. He could only come as a man to do that. My wife's Bible's falling apart. It's a good sign. But I, hold on. It's literally falling apart. But I liked her notes in here, so I didn't want to read it from my phone. Um, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Everybody say prophesy. Now we hear that word, we're like, Pastor Jordan, that's like a complicated theological term. I don't go up to Aldi's and order my milk and then prophesy uh, some vegetables. It's like, what? what is that? Speaking the truth of God, right? About what God wants, about God's intentions for the future. He says, prophesy. Speak life, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And some of you look at your family, you look at your your marriage or you just look at some situations in your life and you're like, can this situation live? Can this situation live? Because it is, it is dead. It is broken. I don't know how to fix it. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? And God would say to you today, prophesy and tell those bones to live because Jesus, the son of man here, is gonna breathe fresh life into you. He already has. He already has, but he is breathing fresh life life into you this morning. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a sound, a rattling sound. The bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. I wanna, I wanna go down, look at this. Well, let's just keep going, verse 11. He said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up, our hope is gone, we are cut off. Therefore prophesy. It's almost like he's saying prophecy is the solution. Declare it. Speak it in faith. Look what he says. Prophesy. Everybody say it with me. Say prophesy. You say, I don't know how to. Just open your mouth and declare what God's telling you to do. You're prophesying. Prophesy. This is what the Lord sovereign, the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. 
When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you in your own land. Now, again, there's two layers of this because the people of uh, Jewish people have been returning to Israel in, in droves in the, in the last decade. There's a couple of ministries that I follow that just Eagle's Wings and a few others that are just unbelievable. The number of Jewish people who are coming back literally to that land. But this is another level. There's another layer of prophecy here that we've been talking about on Wednesday nights is that the new Jerusalem, right, comes down from heaven and rests upon the earth. And in that place, there is no darkness. There's no need for light for Jesus is the light. And God settles his people in that land and there is perfect peace. How many of you guys are looking forward to that place where there's no revenge, no remorse, come on, no strife, no backbiting, no gossiping, no hurt backs, come on somebody. Like seriously, everything is brand new. And I feel like he wants to give you a picture this morning of that. I will put my spirit in you. You will live. I will settle you in your own land. You will know that I'm the Lord I've spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. If you go down, he talks about getting rid of the idols, getting rid of offenses. Go down to verse 23 if you happen to be following me, Ezekiel 20 or 37. They will no longer defile themselves with their idols and vile images or with any other of their offenses. It's interesting, he attaches offenses right next to idols. I will save them from their sinful backsliding and I will cleanse them. You know it's God who does the cleansing? Come on, you thankful for that? And then I love this again, they will be my people and I will be their God. They will be my people, just say this with me, they will be my people and I will be their God. When God says that to you, and this is what God was putting in my heart this morning, he so badly wants you to understand that he wants you for himself. Some of you that are tuning in online or you're sitting here, I wanna tell you, God is tired of sharing you. Can you hear me in love? He's tired of sharing you. He wants 100%. He doesn't want 75% of your affection, 80% of your attention. He wants 100%. He's coming back for a bride that loves him and is infatuated with him. He's removing the idols, removing the offenses and causing us to be so in love with Jesus. And some of you look at me and you hear this this morning and you say, Jordan, it's not that simple. I have problems in my marriage. I have problems at work, friend. If you behold Jesus, if you fix your eyes on Jesus, you see, you become like that thing you behold. So you behold Jesus, you become like Jesus, you'll start serving your wife and suddenly your marriage is fixed. Come on, somebody. You say, oh, I don't know how to do it. I don't know, my, my husband, you know, you don't know how difficult he is. You be, keep becoming like Jesus. Keep becoming like Jesus. And he'll say, what happened to my wife? Right? It, the situation at work. Do you know if you are so infatuated with Jesus, you can have somebody be difficult at work and it doesn't matter because you are so in love with your bridegroom, it is all good. You know where you're going. You, you, follow, you follow what I'm saying this morning? Turn in your Bibles to John.
15, John 14. If you've been here the last five years, you know I've preached out of these 14 and 15 more than any other chapter, any other section of the Bible. And even this morning as I was writing it down, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna preach on this again. But I felt like Jesus said, tell him again. Tell him again to abide in me. Tell him to sit with me. Tell him how much I love him. Jesus looks at them and says, hey guys, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. My Father's house has so many rooms. If it weren't true, would I have told you there that I'm going to prepare a place for you? But I go and prepare a place for you. Remember the end of Ezekiel 37? I will settle them in their land and they will be my people and I will be their God. I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Now Thomas said something like we would say if we were sitting there, okay? Lord, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. Okay, because again, Thomas is thinking, okay, left on Third Street, right? Very logical. And Jesus is saying, no, I'm talking about another place. Everybody say another place. Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, this is what we talked about a minute ago. Is it really that simple just to fix all your love and focus and your attention on Jesus? Yes. Oh, man, looking up in the lights made me blind, so now I can't read. Hold on, give me one second. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough. And Jesus said, I love this, don't you know, Philip, even after I've been with you a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? In the words I say to you, I don't speak of my own authority. Rather, it's the Father living in me, doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. At least believe by evidence of the works that I do. They will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. And how many realize this? The world cannot accept him. I wanna just pause. The more you abide in Christ, the more people will be confused by you. Some people won't understand, you know? They won't understand. The world can't accept him. It doesn't know him, but you know him, for he lives with you and he will be in you. Do you realize Jesus is prophesying? He says, will be in you. He was speaking a future tense of a time right now. Think about that. Jessica, he's in you. Pastor Dave, he's in you. You don't have to go look for him. 
somewhere. He's in you. Remember what I say here often? You are the ark. You are the ark. You carry the presence of God. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and he will come to them and make our home with them. Now I want to pause because that verse used to bother me, but I heard R.C. Sproul talking about it a couple months ago. And he was on a panel and somebody asked, do you believe the father has the same amount of love for everybody? And because they were troubled by this whole, like the kind of the theme of so many modern worship songs, which is God's love. And it is in a sense equal to all. He loves everybody the same, right? We talk about this all the time here about his desire to adopt. But R.C. Sproul made such a great point. He said, yeah, but when you're in the house, Come on. You're in the, when you're in the house and you're adopted, you're feeling the Father's love, and there is a love for you that you have such, it's, it's hard, you can't even explain it. Do you know there's a love for you that God has for you that solves every emotional turmoil in your life? I want to say that again. There's a love for you Jim, there's a love for you. Rodney, there's a love for you that heals every wound of your past. Every reoccurring bad memory that haunts your mind, there's a love for you from the Father that can purge that. And when we receive and we say, yes, God, I want this kind of love. I want to abide in you. I want to know you. And you say, well, how do I get to the Father? You focus on the Son. You look at Jesus because they're one and the same. They're in perfect communion together. Don't let your hearts be troubled. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he's going to teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said. Peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be so you'd be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it happens, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world, we talked about that on Wednesday nights, the prince of this world is coming and he has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what the Father has commanded me. You know that Jesus is in perfect submission to the Father? That's how he gives us a picture of how, as people, to submit to God. And love this. Here's, I want you to really hear this part. I am the true vine. My Father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch that, in me, that, is, that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be more, even more fruitful. And some of you have thought lately, why did this go bad in my life? Maybe he was pruning you. Not saying, I'm not saying what, I'm just saying maybe as you present that situation to God, as you present something that felt like an unanswered prayer or a frustration, or maybe you did, even if simple is not getting that thing at work, that promotion, maybe he was pruning you to make you dependent upon, again, your relationship with Jesus and not the thing. Amen? So that you will be even more fruitful. 
You're already clean because of the, of the word I spoken to you. There's a whole layer of Old Testament prophecy right there. You're clean because of the word. We'll go into that another time. But remain in me as I remain in you. Remain in me as I remain in you. Let me say it again. Just close your eyes. Hear the word of the Lord. Remain in me. Remain in me as I remain in you. Remain. It means he doesn't want you to visit. He doesn't want you to visit occasionally. He wants you to remain in him. On your way to work, you're remaining in him. In between customers, in between phone calls at work, you're remaining. You're saying, Jesus, what do you want to say? Jesus, how can I handle this situation? You're remaining all day. You're driving home. You're worshiping. You're saying, Jesus, I love you. I love you. I love you. And you're remaining. You get home and you, and you just abide. Now, I'm going to be really honest. Some of you, you have kids. Yes, that can be hard. We've been in diaper season for 13 years. And it can be chaotic. If you've got little ones, raise your hand, you know. But you know what? I promise you, in the midst of toys and hollering and what the drinks that they need or whatever, I promise you there can be a remaining. I promise you. A peace. Sometimes it's just establishing the atmosphere. I want you to hear me, parents, husbands, wives. Establish the atmosphere in your home of what it means to remain. Right? Hey, Jesus is in our house and he lives with us, so that's not how we talk to each other. We're gonna talk this way. Sometimes it's not saying a word. Just hug your kids a little longer. Remain. Guys, I wanted to read those passages and then just briefly talk about what revival is. so many thoughts and you've heard me talk about the Brownsville Revival. I experienced what's called the Brownsville Revival for three and a half years. Friends, I remember pulling in the parking lot and starting to weep. And no, I was not emotionally unstable. I did not cry hardly ever. But I pulled in often and I would just turn my car off and I would just sit there under the weight of God's presence. And I would say, God, what are you doing here? What is this? It's the weighty presence of God that comes upon a region. And you say, but isn't God everywhere? And I want to just help you because so many things about Asbury Revival. And you, there's a lot of like good comments and then some really unhealthy comments. And I want to just help you for a minute. Yes, Jesus, Holy Spirit, manifest presence is everywhere. He's in us. But you have to understand there are visitations in certain locations where people have been praying for revival. Azusa Street, right? Charles Finney, 
Toronto, and every one of them looks different. Bay of the Holy Spirit revival, where there was just countless physical miracles. There's people who are going online and saying, oh, the Asbury revival is not real because there's not miracles. Be very careful what you say about a move of God. Please, dose of humility and say, say nothing, actually. Like, like say nothing. And just say, Lord, if you want to do something in my life, if you want to make me so hungry for your presence, where all I want to do is worship you, do that in me. And some say, well, there's no famous speakers there, so it's not a real revival because, you know, the Charles Finney and these other ones, that's really silly. It's really silly. There's so many theories that we, <laughs> Jesus was famous. Was his revival? <laughs> I think that was legit, right? Or there's no structure. No, they have some pastors who are guiding who's allowed to go up and talk. That's structure. You say, but who's in charge? The Holy Spirit's in charge. You say, yeah, but I need, well, maybe just, just hold up a minute and say, maybe God is doing something really beautiful there and people are visiting there and then they're going back to their churches and their hometowns and they're like, God, do this in my town. Do this in my town. And it might look totally different. You know what I think is amazing? A friend of mine posted this really cool. He said, you know what's beautiful to me? What, what is the demarcation of this revival is a level of peace, which think about it, to, to a generation that's kind of number one adjective is anxiety, is worry. And what does God do? Peace. Another friend of mine visited, he said it, he felt like water just coming up. He couldn't even stand. The presence of God was just making his knees buckle. Guys, I want God to do something so special in this place. And I don't care if it looks like Azusa Street and everybody's singing in tongues for four hours. I don't care if it looks like Bay of the Holy Spirit and everybody's coming out of wheelchairs. Lord, do it all. Do the whole thing. Right? Let's just stand up to our feet. Can we just open our hands and just however you want to say it, just say, God, we need you. God, we need you, we need you, we need you. God, because we can't fix Trumbull County. We can't fix Kinsmen. We can't just, Lord, we know it's your word and it's your spirit and we know you're in plans. God, we know that you're in plans and we know you establish prophets and pastors and apostles and teachers. God, we know that. But we also know, God, that if your spirit doesn't move, if your spirit doesn't convict hearts, Father, it's just attendance. We can have a crowd and not have the kingdom. So, Father, send your kingdom. Come on, say this with me. Say, Father, send your kingdom. Send your spirit. God, pour out your spirit. Come on, tell them, God, do what I can't describe. Do what I can't define. Send your love, God, and your spirit and your power so that people who feel like dead bones and people who feel like, oh, I hate life, I hate my job, I don't like being home, and they just, they feel that dry bones, God. They just, they feel dead or they feel numb. God, we speak life and we prophesy life. 
We thank you, Jesus, that you are the Son of Man and you are the Son of God and you can breathe fresh life. You can call the prodigal home. God, you can cause every person who is a believer but who has lost their first love to fall in love again. Fall in love again. Cause us to fall in love again, Jesus. Cause us to fall in love again, Jesus. I feel like it's important for us to just repent, say, God, forgive me. Come on, let's say it like we mean it. God, forgive me for idols I've put before you. Anything I have said or proved to be more important than time with you talking to you. Forgive me. Wash me clean. Wash me clean, Lord. We're going to worship for a little bit, and we're going to take communion, and we're going to worship some more. We're fixing our eyes on Jesus, on the Lamb. on Jesus. Can we sing that again? Sing it again. This is a word from John Kilpatrick that he shared a couple years ago, and it is it is powerful. I could feel it just reading it. And Emily happened to put it in her purse this morning. I just want to read this. Just receive this. Just open up your hands. I declare today that no matter what may be going on in the natural world, it shall not hinder what is about to break forth in the spirit. Let this declaration go forth so that the powers shall, that 
B shall be put on notice and that prayers and intercession have been made and now is the time for a great harvest of souls. You're standing on the threshold of a great change. The change has already begun and nothing, no, no one will prevent this final harvest of the ages. What I promised I shall perform. This glory will not break forth in just one geological location, but it will begin to manifest in many places upon the earth simultaneously. There will be a quick work. Let me say that again. The glory will not break forth in one geographical location, but it will begin to manifest in many places upon the earth almost simultaneously. This will be a quick work. Things will happen so fast that it may take a while to recognize that this is the Lord's doing. There will be such an overwhelming awareness of God that many office buildings will become spiritual triage centers. Street corners will become healing centers. Warehouses turned into prayer houses. School campuses, come on, school campuses. Everybody say school campuses. Say school campuses. Even department stores will experience great visitations of my spirit moving across the land. Military bases will have some of the Midas moves of God. Prisons will experience massive conversions. The greatest hunger will not be in most houses of worship, but it will be on the streets, even in transit systems and secular gatherings. Sounds will arise from city streets of spontaneous outbreaks and powerful worship from hundreds and thousands of people. Officials and city leaders will not lay a, a hand upon it for they know that this is a holy thing. You have heard about these things in previous outpourings, but in this awakening, you will see it. It shall be broadcast far and wide. Oh man, broadcast far and wide. God, last night, um, Danielle had the live stream on and I, we were just going to sleep and with the live stream on of the Asbury, just people worshiping. I'm calling upon you to prepare your hearts now. Call upon me. Seek me now. Open your hearts to my spirit. I will show you what to pray. I will reveal timing to you. You know that you know what you must know. The time to seek me is now. There are evil powers at work, but call upon my name. Proclaim my name to this generation, and you will see the salvation of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Come on, let's just receive it. Say, God, we agree. Come on, say, God, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit here in this place. Pour it out, God. Pour it out in this place. In Kinsman, in Cortland, in Warren, in Vienna, in Howland, in Trumbull. God, I thank you for a move of your spirit. I thank you for a move of your spirit. God, I thank you for a move. God, we're crying out for a move. God, we're crying out for a move. Set a fire, Lord. Set a fire, Lord. Pour out your spirit, Jesus. We want more of you, God. We want more of you, God. 
Cause nothing else will satisfy the hunger of our soul. I want to speak, I want to prophesy, and I want to say, no amount of money will satisfy you. Not the right friends will satisfy you. Your job won't satisfy you. Jesus says, only I can satisfy you. Jesus says, only I can satisfy you because I made you. Jesus says, I made you to love me. And my love for you is a jealous kind of love. God would say to you and to the entire, the global church, I will not share you anymore. I want you to know how much I love you. I want you to feel how much I love you, says Jesus. Can you see how much I love you? I gave everything for you. I suffered so that I could be with you forever. So Jesus, we respond and we say we love you. We love you, we love you, we love you. Burn fresh, Holy Spirit. Burn fresh, Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do, God. want to encourage you you know we come to church or we come into a relationship with Christ with kind of a rule book maybe you don't realize you might have a rule book maybe it's from the church you attended or the parents that you had or maybe mm. the parents you didn't have but I just feel like God is saying put your rule book away and I want you to find me for some of you that are quiet, he may lose your tongue. For some of you who are loud, he may silence you. But I feel like the Lord is saying, put your rule book away. Know me. Know me, know me, love me. Know me and love me. Because I love you. I want to just sing scripture to you. Just open up your hands for a moment. Shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. Shall renew their strength. So, Lord, we wait. The Lord gave this song about 10 years ago in a worship night. I want us all to sing it if you happen to remember it, if you learn it. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise. They shall rise on wings of eagles. 
and so they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So, Lord, we wait. Let's do it again. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise on wings of eagles and soar. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So, Lord, we So as we were praying this weekend, uh, we had a youth event here. We had 56 students and uh, leaders alike here uh, for a weekend retreat and service time. And the, the three words that really came out of this weekend was number one, repentance, number two, prophecy and number three testimony so as pastor jordan was speaking this morning and donna and it just kind of all incorporated what we saw that we started friday night service off with repentance and what was supposed to be an hour and a half service turned into a three hour service with an extended altar time an extended altar call where we saw physical and mental healings we saw the spirit pour out we saw outbreak among the students and what was supposed to be an hour service on Saturday turned into an hour and a half, almost hour, 45 minute service. And as we are in preparation, as, uh, as Pastor Jordan was speaking about uh, prophetic and just speaking things into existence, the church is getting excited and is getting stirred, seeing revivals like Asbury. And that's just the one that we see because that's the first one. If you look into it, there's multiple, multiple outbreaks across the nation happening right now. And uh, as the youth group was praying and preparing, as the leaders were praying, every one of us was just feeling in our hearts like God wants to do something here. And as we were repenting and as I was praying and reading, I, I came across a scripture where Jesus goes to the fig tree. And he looks at the fig tree and he goes to pull a fig, pull the fruit from the tree because he's hungry. And there's no figs. So he curses it to die. And it's so interesting because it is not fig season. And you look and say, why did, God cur why did Jesus curse the tree then if the, the fig tree was just doing what it was supposed to do? It was just in its nature. And when we come to the presence of God, when we are met by Jesus and we refuse to deny our sinful nature, when we refuse not to change in this presence of God, then we are missing out on an opportunity. That fig tree could have produced fruit for Jesus, but instead it denied its creator and chose to die. And when we come into the presence and we're expecting and we are ready for, to see God move and we look across the nation and we say, Asbury, we want that here, but we come to church and we refuse to repent, we refuse to change. And when we go home and we say, well, Sunday morning was great and the presence was awesome, but now it's just Monday. 
But if we carry it throughout the week and we come here on a Sunday morning, on a Wednesday night, and we gather together already prayed up, already ready and expecting God to move, he will do crazy things. He will go beyond your expectation. And all it takes is that moment of repentance. And then to say, okay, God, I am right with you. Now let me step into what you have for me today. I expect, I prophesy that we will see God move. And when you step into that and you say, I am ready for that. And then we share testimony and we say, this is what God did. I stood right here with our guest speaker on Friday night and we prayed for a student and it was so crazy all of Friday. I couldn't see anything really close to me. And it was really weird because I don't wear glasses and I just... I was at the dollar store getting ready, getting a couple things for the event, and I could not see anything close to me. So I got a pair of readers. I did, I was like, I, I have to, because I'm gonna be looking at the schedule, I'm gonna be writing stuff down, I'm gonna be checking students in all night. And I'm standing here praying for this student, and God laid this word on me and says, there's all these things that you hold right in front of you, and you wanna see them happen, but you just feel like you can't see them. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, God. And I took the readers off of my collar and I handed them to her and I said, Emily, break these. Because God says there's things that are right in front of you that you feel like you should be able to see, but you can't see. And God says, you do not need these readers. And as soon as she broke those, I could see everything again. And so as I share testimony, be encouraged to share with each other, to say, these are the things that God is doing in my life. First, repent. Second, speak it into existence. And then when you see it, share it with each other. Amen. We receive that, Lord. I want to have the ushers pass out communion. I want to just sit down. I know we're a couple minutes over, but we, I really want to close with communion. And keep in mind what Jeremiah said, that this is, again, what, what, what God had me sharing today, right with that, is this is not a Sunday morning thing. It, John 15 didn't say, abide with me uh, on Sundays. You know? He said, abide, abide in me. And what makes all that possible is that he went to the cross. Amen? Do you know the more, I want to connect two things for you real quick. The more you let the Holy Spirit do its work in you, the more thankful you are for the cross, the more thankful you are for the blood, because you realize how unholy and how sinful and in the degree of Jesus' sacrifice for you. You become, you become absolutely enamored with Jesus because that's the Holy Spirit's role. Jesus always points to the Father, the Father always points to Jesus, and the Spirit always points to Jesus. They're in perfect union, perfect community. I just feel like I'm supposed to share this because um, we're talking about repentance and, and testimony. And last Saturday night I had a dream, and in my dream... I had, at some point in my life, been tried and found not guilty of a crime. But in this dream, somebody was questioning me and I slipped up in what I said. And that person looked at me and said, you committed perjury, you're going back to jail for the rest of your life. 
And I asked the Lord, Sunday, it was Sunday morning, I said, God, what, what was that? And he said, the accuser keeps taking you back to your past and keeps trying to put you into jail. I want you to spend some time with me and just go back and just re confess and repent anything that's keeping your heart from me. I couldn't wait to get home from church on Sunday and spent three hours with the Lord. And then his word says, those who keep their mind on him will have sweet sleep. Yeah. I can't nap. I fell asleep for 30 minutes when I was done with the Lord. So his word is true. And I just wanted to share that with you. Has everybody been served? Looks like it. Just hold up that bread. Jesus, when serving his disciples, he gave them a promise. This is my body is broken for you. Giving them his imagery, giving them something tangible to hold in their hand. And what we call a sacrament, something we can do on a regular basis. Encourage you to even take communion in your home because it reminds us of the price Jesus paid. It reminds us, like Donna said, the fact that our sins are forgiven and the accuser of the brethren, we read the prince of the air, right? The one who accuses day and night. His accusations are silenced when you look at Jesus and the blood and the, the, the fact that he shed his blood for you. He, his body was broken for you. So just hold up that bread and say, thank you, Jesus. Go ahead, just say, thank you, Jesus. After you've thanked him, go ahead and partake. You're going to receive the juice now, which represents the blood of Jesus. I know there's a few new families that have a Catholic background, and there's different kinds of aspects of communion. There's a few denominations that, you know, believe it actually turns into the blood. It's just a symbol. It's a symbol. Jesus was saying, this is my blood poured out for you. And the idea is that you are put into remembrance that he shed his blood. In fact, when the Roman soldier, soldier pierced him to ensure that he uh, was dead, blood and water flowed. Did you know that when he was offered sour wine on a hyssop branch, it was a prophecy of Old Testament sacrifice, that the priests would do that using that hyssop branch, sprinkling that blood on the altar. Jesus, his blood causes you, enables you to have perfect relationship with God. Just like the priest couldn't have that, that forgiveness and that, that peace with God and the presence of God. They were so fearful that they actually had a rope tied around their ankle in case they had sinned and the priest could be, could be killed and then dragged out. That's how holy God is. So when we take communion, it, again, it reminds us how holy he is, how unholy are, we are, and how much we need him.
His blood washes you clean. Washes you clean. Just like we sang about white as snow. Why don't you just hold up that juice and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you poured out your blood. That you died so I don't have to. That you suffered so I could have peace. That you were wounded so I could be healed. Why don't you thank him? Go ahead and partake. Let's stand up and worship for just another minute, all right? Jesus, we love you, we love you, God. Jesus, we fix our eyes upon. Come on, even without any lyrics on the screen, why don't you just lift up your hands to heaven? Jesus, we love you, we love you. Don't worry about whether someone hears you singing or not. Just lift up your voice to Jesus. Unashamedly, give your affection to your bridegroom. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. There's no one else as beautiful as you. God, we want all that you have for us. We want all that you have for us, Lord. We want all that you have for us, God. You know, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that as you behold him, you go from glory to glory. So just behold Jesus. This is why we gather. Go ahead, lift up your voice just for another couple minutes. Just lift up your voice. Jesus, we worship you. Let out your praise. Let out your praise to him. Let out your praise. This is why we're here. Oh, worship to Jesus. Worship the Lamb. Worship the Lamb. Everyone, come on. Everyone in the room, worship the Lamb. This is why we're here. Jesus. 
healing in your body, I want everybody to put your hands down for a minute. If you need a healing in your body, I want you to raise your hand. Okay? And then if you're, if you don't have your hand raised, I want you to turn around and just put your hands on the shoulder. Don't push them down. Alright? I know you're passionate, but lightly touch their shoulder and declare freedom. A couple people up front here need some prayer. Yeah, thank you. Come on, speak life. Because these bones can live. Say, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. really bizarre, but before we go, I want to pray over David Michelle's baby. I don't know why I want to do that, but I just want to do that. Don't worry, I won't lay hands on you. Just lay hands on yourself. Actually, Dave, when you lay hands on people. Yeah. Father, I thank you for an anointing on this baby. Wow, Lord. Jesus. Is it your brother or your brother-in-law that travels as an evangelist? I always forget. In-law, brother-in-law. God says the same anointing that's on his life is on his life. That, well, that, that baby's life. I don't know if it's a boy, but it's a she, that baby's life. There's a um, there's this, this firebrand, a traveling evangelist thing that God's going to do. And so, Father, I just thank you that this baby will turn the hearts of many back to their father. I thank you that this baby... Thank you, Lord. I thank you that this baby will turn many hearts, that this baby is like a Lydia uh, Moreau that has a fire, that lights a fire wherever she goes. Oh, this is going to be a wild one. You guys better buckle up. God, I thank you that this baby, that this, that this baby is going to grow up and her feet are going to get dusty. Wow, Lord. Many planes, many plane rides, many looking out the window saying, Lord, why did you call me here? But then a really sweet smile will come on her face as she thinks about your anointing on her life and your peace on her life. Thank you that the same way, God, that you give perfect peace to Sarah Bowling as she ministers to uh, to prostitutes and their children and all kinds of crazy, what people call dangerous situations. I thank you for a perfect peace. And there's angels. There's angels. I see three angels. Come on, picture this. 
David Michelle, there's three angels around your baby. And they're going to guide her wherever she goes. And her feet will get dusty as she travels from nation to nation. Prophesy with me. Say nation to nation and glory to glory. Come on, say nation to nation. Glory to glory. A fire of your spirit. Everywhere she goes. Come on, say it with me. Say nation to nation. From glory to glory. Everywhere she goes. Lighting fires of revival. Lighting fires of revival. And Father, I pray for Dave and Michelle's mind that they would have perfect peace. God, that they would not fear. Because even now, even now, the enemy would say, yeah, but what about? And God would say, don't say that, don't worry. God's like, I got this. God's like, this is my child. And I want you like Anna, right, to just give your child to the Lord. Don't worry. He's got her. He's got her. Father, I thank you for perfect peace. Perfect peace for my friends. God, that those three angels, they would even picture it as she gets on another flight. They would say, hey, honey, you've got three angels. You must be special. You've got three angels going before you, behind you, and protecting your every move. Come on, everybody say every move, every step. God, we thank you for this revival fires that are going to be lit all around the world because of her faithful obedience and her courage. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo, that's cool. All right, as you go, I want you to sing this chorus just as you go. Don't even talk to somebody. High five them in the foyer. But at least while you're in the sanctuary, just sing this as you go.
We 